Hey, it's your buddy AJ from the Wife Files. And Hecklefish. Right, and Hecklefish. We just wanted to tell you that if you want to start a podcast, Spotify makes it easy. It'd have to be easy for humans to understand it. Will you stop that? I'm just saying. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts from your computer. I don't have a computer. Do you have a phone? Of course I have a phone. I'm not a savage. Well, with Spotify, you can record podcasts from your phone, too. Spotify makes it easy to distribute your podcast to every platform, and you can even earn money. I do need money. What do you need money for? You're kidding? I'm getting killed on Guppy support payments. These three ex-wives are expensive. But you don't want to support your kids? What are you, my wife's lawyer now? Never mind. And I don't know if you noticed, but all Wi-Fi's episodes are video, too. And there's a ton of other features, but... But we can't be here all day. Will you settle down? I need you to hurry up with this stupid commercial. I got a packed calendar today. I'm sorry about him. (laughs) Anyway, check out Spotify for Podcasters. It's free, no catch, and you can start today. Are we done? We're done, but you need to check your attitude. Excuse me, but I don't have all day to sit here and talk about Spotify. Look, this would go a lot faster if if you would just let me get through it without... Nikola Tesla believed that he could harness the energy from inside the Earth and transmit that power wirelessly around the world. His early experiments were successful, but his research mysteriously vanished after his death. There is no evidence left of Tesla's wireless power technology. Or is there? For years, we were taught that the Great Pyramid of Giza was a tomb for a king. It wasn't. It had a different purpose. Tesla didn't invent wireless power. It's been here for 5,000 years, and probably a lot longer than that. Okay, why were the pyramids built? Uh, storage for dead mummies. Dead mummies? Uh, It's a tautology. Mainstream Egyptology says that the Great Pyramid of Giza is a tomb built for Khufu, the fourth dynasty Egyptian pharaoh who ruled 4,500 years ago. But the Great Pyramid doesn't have any characteristics of other Egyptian tombs. The Great Pyramid contains no artifacts, no hieroglyphs, and no elaborate wall art. It's been argued that the granite sarcophagus found in the king's chamber once contained Khufu's mummy. There's no evidence that a mummy was ever there. No mummy has ever been found in any pyramid, ever. Ancient Egyptians considered their pharaohs gods. The Great Pyramid is a strange structure for a god. Small chambers, narrow shafts, no markings at all. The way the pyramid was built and the materials used to build it suggest it had a different purpose. The sides of the pyramid are aligned with the compass with such accuracy that only modern engineering can match it. The Great Pyramid is a mountain made of two and a half million blocks of stone weighing six million tons, piled 481 feet high. Its footprint is over 13 acres. To align this construction within 1 15th of a degree of true north is impossible precision. The base of the Great Pyramid is leveled to within three quarters of an inch. The only way to do this with modern structures is to use lasers. Even though the sides of the pyramid are over 755 feet long, made of stone blocks weighing between 2 and 40 tons each, each side is within 2 inches of any other. That's 99.98% accurate. Fun fact, the pyramid doesn't have four sides. It actually has eight. Each side is slightly concave that you can only really see from directly above, or when the pyramid casts shadows during the equinoxes. And yes, those angles too are perfect. Whoever built the pyramids somehow knew the size of the earth. If you take the height of the pyramid and multiply it by 43,200, you get 3,938.685 miles, 
which is within 11 miles of the polar radius of the planet. That's 99.7% accurate. If you take the perimeter of the base of the pyramid and multiply that by 43,200, you get 24,734.94 miles. That's the Earth's circumference at the equator within 99.3% accuracy. We know that the ancients were obsessed with equinoxes, when the day and the night are the same lengths. The length of the day and night on an equinox is 43,200 seconds. Now, skeptics will say this relationship between 43,200 and the size of the Earth is forced. They say, well, the planet is different sizes in different places, so this is just a coincidence. No, is this one of those episodes where we make the skeptics look like idiots? A little bit, yeah. Oh, good. I love those. Don't gloat. Oh, the skeptics! <laughs> Most of the Great Pyramid is constructed of nummulite limestone, the reddish-brown blocks that we see today. This rock is found close to the site and is abundant. But the builders of the pyramid also used unusual materials not found locally. The exterior of the pyramid was once covered in casing stones made of bright white limestone. They were polished smooth and fit together so tightly that no seams were visible. These casing stones were cut and shipped from a quarry in Tura, almost 500 miles away. That's like carrying thousands of 10-ton stone blocks the length of the entire state of Florida. They must have been special. Unlike the limestone cut locally, Tour limestone lacks magnesium. This makes it an excellent insulator. Limestone can carry an electrical current. Tour limestone can't. Interior chambers were built with a rare type of granite called rose granite, also brought from hundreds of miles away. This granite has a high concentration of silicon dioxide, also known as quartz. When quartz is compressed or even just moved, it creates a charge called piezoelectricity. One face of the quartz will have a positive charge. The other will have a negative charge. Connect the two faces together and you have an electrical circuit. Because of this property, quartz is used in all kinds of modern devices like watches, clocks, TVs, GPS units, and on and on. To charge a watch that uses quartz, all you have to do is shake it. And if you've ever used a barbecue lighter, the voltage is created by a quartz crystal. The king and queen's chambers were built with granite that is 85% quartz. The tunnels and passageways are also lined with quartz-rich granite. If pressure was applied to all this granite, it would generate a tremendous amount of electricity, turning the pyramid into a giant power plant. And there's proof that this is exactly what happened. The idea that the Great Pyramid was a power plant is not new. It was first proposed in the 1970s. It was and, and is considered a fringe theory. Ooh, those are my favorite kind of theories. I know. The fringier, the better. The fringier, fringier. Now, that doesn't sound right. Um, uh, let's... What's your problem? Oh, I'm sorry. Is the show interrupting your train of thought? Uh, sarcasm. Nice. Well, what do you Excuse expect? I'm trying me, to set up the show here, and it's not easy to do There's when no you're jumping in with comments. As more and more discoveries were made over the years, more evidence emerged that the Great Pyramid as a power plant wasn't fringe science, but actual science. One of the most compelling cases comes from Christopher Dunn. He believes the process starts in the subterranean chamber. Below the pyramid are aquifers. As water moves through the underground cavities, sound waves are created. The frequency of these waves resonate with the Earth's natural vibration. As those waves move up through the pyramid, a process is used to magnify, focus, and convert the sound into energy. The Queen's Chamber was used for a chemical reaction that created hydrogen, and there's substantial proof of this. There are two interior shafts that lead to the Queen's Chamber. The northern shaft has traces of hydrochloric acid, 
The Southern has traces of hydrated zinc chloride. Combining these two chemicals creates a volatile reaction that generates hydrogen, a lot of hydrogen. This hydrogen gas would flow from the Queen's Chamber through the horizontal passage and into the Grand Gallery. The Grand Gallery is also made of granite. As the hydrogen gas builds up, the pressure compresses the granite, creating electricity. This electricity also ionizes the air, increasing conductivity. Within the Grand Gallery were 27 or 28 pairs of resonators that would vibrate and emit sound. The hydrogen atoms would organize themselves into waves in sympathy with the sound waves of the gallery. These sound waves further excite the stone, creating even more electricity. Oh, so let me get this straight. You stick the shafts into the queen's chamber, which gets the stones excited. Uh, that's right, but somehow when you say it, it sounds dirty. <laughs> I'm a naughty, naughty fish. Acoustic engineers have determined the gallery resonates at 440 hertz and naturally emits an F-sharp chord. 440 hertz and the F-sharp chord have been connected to a lot of woo-woo ideas, but there's a reason for that. It's considered a sound that resonates in harmony with the Earth. The builders of the pyramid knew this. Longtime Mac users will recognize this sacred chord. At the top of the gallery is a small shaft leading to the king's chamber. The opening is 8.4 by 4.8 inches. This is the perfect size for hydrogen microwaves to pass into the king's chamber, which also resonates at 440 hertz and F-sharp. Above the king's chamber are five layers of granite beams, stacked and separated by air gaps. This is called the relieving chamber because it was believed that this interior structure relieved the weight of the pyramid. That's not what it does. The beams are smooth on three sides, but rough cut on the top. Christopher Dunn believes the reason for the rough cut is this is how the beams were tuned. The builders could vibrate the granite beams and slowly chip away at the stone until they resonated with an F-sharp chord, which they do. The king's chamber is what's known as a Helmholtz resonator. When you blow air across the top of a bottle and create sound, that's a Helmholtz resonator. Change the volume of liquid in the bottle or change the volume of stone within the chamber, you change the pitch. The entire complex is a giant musical instrument. Now, some skeptics reluctantly agree that the Great Pyramid has musical properties. But for skeptics to consider the pyramid as a power plant, they would need evidence to show that a giant stone pyramid would respond to electromagnetic energy. There was no evidence of that until 2018. MailChimp would like to talk to you about clusterers. A clusterer is what happens when marketers fail to personalize their marketing, grouping customers with very different behaviors into one tangled mess. But with MailChimp, marketers can use real-time behavior data to personalize every email for every customer. So get MailChimp and turn your clusterers into customers. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automation brand. Based on customer numbers, for verification email, advertising at MailChimp.com. Whether true or not, it's scientifically possible that the Great Pyramid was a structure for creating, harnessing, and focusing energy. The exterior was made of material that insulates electricity. The interior was made of material that conducts electricity. The chambers were made of material that creates electricity. The next piece of evidence is the pyramid's ability to focus EM energy. In 2018, scientists used radio waves at different frequencies to see if the Great Pyramid would interact with electromagnetic waves of a resonant length. Their experiments proved that in a resonant state, the pyramid can concentrate electromagnetic energy in the internal chambers as well as under its base. Resonance in the pyramid can be induced by radio waves with the lengths ranging from 200 to 600 meters. 
The closer to 200 meters, the more dramatic the effect. A year after that, in 2019, Eric Wilson published a paper called A Large-Scale Thermal Acoustic Generator. The paper describes how, when granite and other rocks are vibrated, electrons will migrate through the rock and up to the surface. By combining science and music, the builders of the pyramid created a power-generating machine tuned to the natural harmonic of the Earth's vibration. Vibration that primarily comes from the tidal energy created by the moon's gravity. This technology, created thousands of years ago, could generate unlimited clean energy. But how did they get the energy out? That brings us back to Tesla. His Wardenclyffe Tower was built on top of an aquifer, with copper and iron rods extending down into the water. When electricity was sent into the tower, it was to be transmitted around the world through the atmosphere. The pyramid is also built on an aquifer, and copper pipes and iron rods have recently been discovered there. If the capstone was made of gold, the energy concentrated inside the pyramid would have been drawn to the top and transmitted to the atmosphere. Tesla's wireless power distribution system used the resonance of the Earth, just like the pyramid. And just like the pyramid, the energy generated by Tesla's tower would be unlimited, clean, and virtually free for everyone on the planet. But Tesla's tower was destroyed by outside forces. There's evidence that the Great Pyramid was destroyed from within. In the year 1900, Nikola Tesla convinced JP Morgan to fund a project to create a wireless communication system. When Tesla received the funding, he decided to scale up the project. Rather than transmit messages around the world, he would transmit power. Tesla had already demonstrated that wireless power would work on a small scale. He famously had light bulbs scattered on the ground that would illuminate when a Tesla coil was activated nearby. Now he wanted to go bigger. He explained this world-changing technology to JP Morgan and asked him for more money to complete the project. Rather than support Tesla, Morgan pulled his funding, claiming breach of contract. JP Morgan owned General Electric, which would be made obsolete. He owned AT&T, which would also become obsolete. JP Morgan owned copper mines all over the world, and his factories generated miles of copper wire. JP Morgan owned rubber farms and factories that created insulation for wire. He owned steel companies and factories that built power generators. He owned timber mills that created telegraph and electricity poles. He owned coal mines that fueled existing power plants. And he owned two dozen railroads that transported all these resources around the country. None of this would be necessary if Tesla created free, unlimited wireless power. For several years, Tesla wrote JP Morgan almost every month begging him to reconsider. He wouldn't. Instead, J.P. Morgan chose to finance Tesla's competitors, Edison and Marconi, who were improving on and getting rich from Tesla's inventions. And not only did J.P. Morgan refuse any further investment, but he also put out word to everyone in the wealthy investor class that Tesla should be avoided. He was essentially blacklisted. By 1915, Tesla had accumulated so much debt that the bank foreclosed on the Wardenclyffe property. The tower was demolished in 1917 and sold for scrap. The project was never completed. Tesla was a genius, but he was at a disadvantage. Men like Edison and Marconi knew how to bring Tesla's inventions to market. They knew how to make technology accessible. And most of all, they knew how to play the game. You don't bite the hand that feeds you. That's why 84% of the world's energy is created from fossil fuels. It's also why Tesla died alone and broke. 
it's possible that the Great Pyramid suffered some catastrophic event that caused it to stop working. In addition to hydrochloric acid, there are traces of sulfuric acid in the southern shaft. In the northern shaft, there's zinc chloride and ammonium chloride. These chemicals can create hydrogen without being mixed, but if you do combine ammonium chloride with sulfuric acid, you get more than a reaction, you get an explosion. Because of the structure of the pyramid, this explosion could be controlled. But there's evidence that an uncontrolled explosion may have occurred. In 2001, in the Grand Gallery, scorch marks were discovered in the ceiling above where the resonators would have been. In the King's Chamber, cracks have been found in the granite beams. At first, this was thought to be caused by an earthquake. But the damage was only found in areas of the pyramid where the flow of highly compressed, heated hydrogen occurred. The walls in the King's Chamber have been pushed out over an inch. It takes a lot of pressure to push tons of granite out that far. The Great Step outside the King's Chamber also shows extensive damage like that from an explosion, not an earthquake. Other parts of the interior also show signs of charring. When the southern shaft was discovered, it was coated with salt about an inch thick. This would happen if hydrogen was boiling and bubbling up the shaft. What caused the pyramid power plant to explode is not known. But Christopher Dunn believes it was some sort of cataclysm. Not an earthquake, but maybe an asteroid impact. There's a problem with this theory, though. The ancient Egyptians kept meticulous records of everything. There is no record of an impact during this time. Dunn believes it happened thousands of years earlier. And that brings me to this thought. Skeptics will say if the ancient Egyptians used electricity, there would be documentation, even hard evidence of it. You'll see true believers point to glyphs that look like light bulbs, but... I honestly think that's a stretch. There's no evidence the Egyptians worked with glass or any components used to make a light bulb. So why is there no evidence of the use of electricity in ancient Egypt and no record of electricity being generated by the Great Pyramid? Well, because the ancient Egyptians didn't build it. There really is no debate by mainstream academics about the who, when, why, or how of the Great Pyramid. It was built by ancient Egyptians in 4500 BC as a tomb for Khufu, and that's that. But what if none of that is true? What if the ancient Egyptians didn't build the pyramid, but found it? And when they found it, it had been dormant for years, maybe thousands of years. Graham Hancock is a proponent of the Orion constellation theory. This says the Great Pyramid Complex is almost a perfect match for the stars in the Orion constellation. But they don't line up to where Orion is today, they line up with where Orion was in the sky 13,500 years ago. We've discussed how the builders were obsessed with equinoxes. The Sphinx faces due east, and on the vernal equinox, the constellation that rose due east 13,500 years ago was Leo. Now, I'll concede the astronomical evidence could be a coincidence, but there is hard evidence that these structures are older than originally thought. You can't carbon date limestone. But there are clues that the Pyramid and the Sphinx have been there for a long, long time. Robert Schock from Boston University believes the Sphinx and Giza complex is about 13,500 years old. Giza has been an extremely dry climate since the time of the pharaohs. But the Sphinx shows signs not only of wind and sand erosion, but also extreme water erosion. The erosion patterns around the base of the Sphinx could only occur if huge volumes of water were washing over the plateau at violent speeds. There's evidence this happened at the end of the Younger Dryas, which marked the end of the last ice age in 9700 BC. Glaciers were thought to have melted rapidly. Within a few centuries, 
sea levels rose 500 feet. This is fast in geologic time. But as more evidence was gathered, melting appeared to happen in a matter of decades. This would cause dramatic changes in the Earth's climate. But when recent ice core samples were studied, things got even more dramatic. There's evidence that the last ice age didn't end over centuries or decades, but ended in one single day. Some claim that an asteroid impact caused the last ice age to end. A worldwide disaster like the Chicxulub impact that wiped out the dinosaurs. That's not what happened. An impact causes cooling. Recent studies show that there was a major solar event that happened around 9700 BC. Basically, the mother of all CMEs. A violent plasma storm hit the Earth and overwhelmed the Earth's magnetosphere, which is our defense against solar radiation. Without the protection of the magnetosphere, massive lightning strikes happened all over the Earth. Lightning that was orders of magnitude more intense than anything we've ever seen. This lightning was hundreds or even thousands of times more powerful than anything from a thunderstorm. There's evidence in over 120 countries of rock melted and turned to glass during this event. This is called vitrification. There's evidence of vitrification in moon rocks. We know for a fact large mammals like saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths were wiped out at this time. They didn't slowly go extinct. They instantly went extinct. During the four or five days of this event, the Earth was also awash in lethal radiation. Only animals that can go underground survived. Most of the human race died during this event. Only humans living near caves were able to find shelter and survive. If glaciers, which covered 30% of the Earth's surface, melted in a day or two, think of the speed, volume, and pressure of water that would rush across the Earth's surface. This water would act like a power washer on stone constructions like the Sphinx and pyramids. Meanwhile, a sky full of plasma and lightning and radiation would have severely damaged the Great Pyramid if it was using a volatile chemical reaction to create power. Every culture has a flood myth that served as a reset of civilization. All those stories seem to point to a cataclysm at the end of the Younger Dryas. Myths of lost continents like Atlantis also fit into this timeline. Now, I'm not claiming anything I've said today is what happened, but I am saying there is evidence that it was possible that an advanced civilization existed thousands of years ago. That civilization had the technology to create unlimited clean energy. Then the glaciers melted. A great flood came. Solar plasma and radiation destroyed a significant amount of life on the planet. The civilization then disappeared. Then thousands of years later, as the great Egyptian culture was forming, they would have utilized the pyramid, not for power, but for ceremonial or religious purposes. They would have altered the Sphinx, carving away the original design and replacing it with a design of their own. And we know this is what they did. Mainstream scientists are still not convinced, and that's okay. As time goes on and more secrets are revealed, sooner or later, we will learn the truth. And I suspect we'll learn that the pyramid power plant theory was right all along. Whoever built the pyramids created energy that wasn't harmful to the earth, but resonated in harmony with it. A suspicious person might wonder why, if this theory has been around for 50 years, nobody's tried to replicate it, even on a small scale. Unlimited clean energy for everyone on earth sounds like a way for the entire human race to take a huge step forward. Think of the technological advances that could be made if electricity was free. Think of the political strife economic instability, and the endless wars that could be avoided. But maybe what's happening now 
is what happened to Tesla 100 years ago. In Tesla's time, nobody was interested in creating technology that would make power free for everyone. Empires owned by JP Morgan, the Vanderbilts, and the Rockefellers would have been devastated. The Carnegies, the DuPonts, and the Mellons all would have seen significant losses. These families owned all the energy production and distribution in the United States. Their companies were the lifeblood of American industry. The families were American royalty. If Tesla was able to achieve his vision, not only would the wealth of these families be diminished, so would America's standing in the world as a great new industrial power. Tesla said he wanted to bring abundant electrical energy to remote, underdeveloped parts of the world, to foster closer communication between nations. This couldn't be allowed to happen. America and the corporations that controlled it would never have given up their advantage. They still won't. When Tesla died, the FBI and agents of the OSS were, for some reason, close by. Tesla's documents were stored in 80 boxes, all organized and numbered by Tesla himself. Only 60 boxes were discovered. And since then, a few scientists have stated that Tesla's invention would have never worked. But that's what scientists said of most of his inventions. Viewers of this channel know that most science is bought and paid for by corporations and governments. This is especially true in the last couple of years. Get the jab! Right. Another jab! Another jab! Another! Yep. Whether those jabs work or not, you human pincushions are making people rich. Oh, there's no doubt about that. 80% of the products we use today can be traced back to Tesla. But the technology that we really need, now more than ever, is inexpensive, clean energy. Sadly, that technology died with Tesla. Instead, the world went in the direction of coal and oil. And nations fought and continue to fight wars to control these limited resources. Oil, coal, and war may be terrible for the planet and the people who live on it, but they're great for business. And for all his genius, that's something Nikola Tesla never understood. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. My name is AJ. That's Hecklefish. This has been The Y Files. If you had fun or learned anything, do us a favor and like, subscribe, comment, and share. I hate to give you homework, but that stuff really helps. And like most topics we cover on the channel, today's topic was recommended by you. And if there's a story you'd like to see or learn more about, go to thewifiles.com slash tips. And special thanks to our patrons who make this channel possible. We couldn't do it without you. And if you'd like to support The Y Files, consider becoming a member on Patreon or grabbing something from the Y Files store. Now, keeping this ball topped off with vodka ain't cheap, you know. It's not. I'd like to upgrade from Stoli to Belvedere. Don't push it. That's going to do it. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and know that you are appreciated. I got to sneeze. Couldn't get Couldn't get it. <coughs> Gesundheit. Yeah.